What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Tuesday Track Talk podcast, episode number one, uh, featuring the Three Stones Pit crew. I am Stone number two and one of your hosts, Cameron. I'm Stone number three, also Cameron. I'm Stone number one, Callan. Yeah, and on today's episode, we got a jam-packed and news-filled episode for you. Uh, We're going to talk all things NASCAR Cup Series, Uh, a lot of driver news and signings last week, and uh, some interesting moves, and then we'll get into a little bit of uh, the Bristol recap, seeing four of our championship uh, or four of our playoff drivers getting eliminated. And then uh, we'll give some thoughts on that. And then uh, we'll give a little sneak peek into Texas. And uh, as we always do, we'll pick a winner for you guys and uh, tune in next week to see uh, who's right and who's at the bottom of the board. So I don't know about you guys. Um, I am fired up, uh, so fired up that uh, I was trying to do some burnouts with my front wheel drive Pontiac (laughs) G6 in the parking lot. So the Pontiac's hot and ready to go. I got the Crocs in four-wheel drive, and uh, this is going to be a damn good episode. So how are we feeling, boys? Oh, great, especially coming off of Bristol. Bristol is always a great race, race to put on, especially when it's under the lights on a Saturday night. You can't ask for much more than that. Oh, that's that's playoff racing at its finest. I still wish I think we could have got a late restart there, a late caution get to regroup everybody. That would have. You'd have seen the horns come out, but, uh, no, I mean, good race. A few different interesting storylines in there, obviously, we'll cover. So, um, yeah, hell yeah, let's go. Yeah, so, um, hey, other news, uh, Badgers, ugly win, but we're on the board. <laughs> Packers, ugly loss, so uh, kind of tough weekend there, but highlight of my weekend that damn race. So um, I think we got uh, plenty of topics and things to discuss. So I don't know about you guys, but uh, if you want to get right into this thing, um, let's get these stones hot and uh, let's start talking a little bit of uh, some of the driver news last week. And um, I don't know, I'll let one of you stones uh, decide where we're going to start. I think it's got to start with calling. I mean, they've been hyping up their driver announcement for a handful of weeks now, and they've made their announcement. And then comes track house, like, oh, hey, we got something for you guys too. And in typical track house fashion way of keeping everything secret and real close to the chest at that organization too. Yeah, it was funny because all of a sudden everybody for a week turned into this uh, arm analyzation. <laughs> Viewing fingers and hands and bracelets and all this other stuff. Um, you know, I think when you look at that move, um, uh, to me, it's not surprising. But in the same sense, right, and you look at some of the stuff on, or just no, X or Twitter, um, a lot of people have kind of, I don't want to say taken away from the announcement, but they're kind of calling for calling a little bit in the sense of, they hype this all up and they think it's a big move and it's going to be great, but then it's just hemorrhage. Like, I think your argument to that is, is if Colin believes it's a big move, it's a big move for them, whether anyone else believes it or not. Like if they're excited for it, then they're the guys that are reeling in the sponsors and footing the bill. Good for them. So I think that's, there's been some kind of rumblings you've seen on social media about that, but, uh, 
hey, if they're excited, man, they're excited for their guy, and, and they've brought him along to get him to that point. So uh, I say good for them. And I think, Kel, on kind of that point, uh, I think we're kind of in the same boat, but I'll be interested to hear stone number three's take here because you were somebody that was, I want to say, a Debbie Downer, but you were a little bit more pessimistic or on the more pessimistic side of what we've been, you know, kind of seen on the social media aspect of it, of which I don't know if it was just my feet or what, but there was a lot of people that were like, it's kind of bullshit by a colleague or they think they could have done better and, and got a bigger name. So be interested to hear uh, Cam's thoughts here because he was a little bit more on the pessimistic side there. Yeah, and I don't – I mean, I think all of us knew that Hemrick was going to be the move to the Cubs side of things. I think it was more or less we were looking for more, whether it was, you know, here's Almondinger's plan for next year. Here's who we're putting in the Xfinity ride, which they did say that they've got a plan in place. They're just not ready to announce it yet. I just would have thought, okay, 2023 – or, sorry, 2024, here's our Cup lineup. Here's our Xfinity lineup get everything out of the way right away. And I think uh, that's what I was expecting out of that announcement, especially since they were hyping it up. I agree with Callum's point too. It's if, if they feel like this is a really big move for their organization, they should hype it up as such. And I have no, no argument against that. It's just, I think from a stand, you know, an outsider standpoint, I think it's, I just felt like I was looking for more and I'm hoping we get that information that maybe we're looking for here soon. Yeah. And, you know, to that point, I do think Colleague could have swung a little bit bigger and tried to go for maybe a, a little bit of a bigger name. But I guess from what we've known from Colleague, I just don't foresee that being a move. You know, we kind of alluded to it earlier in one of our earlier episodes. Like they feel like just a really like family oriented race team. And everything, if they bring you in, like you're a part of this team, we're going to treat you like a family and like, they want to promote from within. It just feels like that sort of race team. So to your point, Cam, I I do feel like they could have maybe swung a little bit bigger and, you know, went for maybe a bigger name. I, but I, don't, even, of, I don't even think you needed a bigger name. I just, like I said, I think announce what the 2024 drivers are. And I think that would have fulfilled, I think, what everybody was expecting out of that announcement. Yeah. But kind of back to the point of, you know, Hemrick being announced in that, I can't say it was yeah. totally unexpected. I guess I was – I thought that was, um, for better or for us, that was kind of what I was expecting. And had they went someplace else or got somebody, I guess I would have been more surprised um, with somebody yeah. else. But, I, I mean – Kind of, yeah, kind of going off of both of you guys' points. Obviously, Hemrick going up, so that leaves open that what is now the 10 car. Um, but you kind of look at their expanding program. Well, now you have Lane Riggs out of the blue making a start for them in that in the 11 car. Mm-hmm. Do they do they not know what their plan is with that Xfinity program yet? Like, you obviously have Smith, who's going to be a staple, I would think, here for the next year or two yep. at a minimum. Um, but maybe they just don't know what they're doing with their cars yet. And, you're going to have to think one of them is going to stay that superstar car. Um, you're going to have to think that they're going to do some trophy hunting, but maybe they, and as much as it hurts me to say this, maybe they don't know what they're doing with that, that other car yet. 
So. I agree. I agree that one of those cars is going to be the superstar car. Just I, I think of Kyle Busch. He ran a number of races in that car. He still wants to run Xfinity. It's it's just not going to – Kyle Busch not, not running Xfinity just isn't going to happen. So then that's going to be his ticket into Xfinity to run that race. So I think there will still be that superstar car, but you still got one more full-time car that is open that it's up in the air of who they're going to throw in it. You brought up Lane Riggs. He's a good super uh, – not super late model, pro late model driver out on that West Coast, son of Scott Riggs, ran a handful of truck races this year and last year getting a shot at Xfinity too, see what he can do in those cars. Yeah. yeah. And just kind of tying this whole conversation up, the amount of kind of funny, the amount of research that was done on that picture <laughs> on the arms was absurd. The amount of people that were like, it was down to, like, moles on arms research. Like I, I saw that, and they said they, uh, Hemrick said when they inter- introduced him that he said uh, Blaney had texted him and said that, I've been on vacation with you too many times to know I know that arm. <laughs> uh, so you got guys like that that call him out, and he's like, well, when you don't respond, he goes, the gig is kind of up. He goes, but I, because I, everyone knows I can't lie. Um, so that's, uh, that was funny, but that was wild. I mean, that was crazy. Like, looking Colin at people. played oh. off of it, too. They even mentioned it after the announcement, and they said, all right, did anybody get the their guesses right? And I think they had hashtag arm something in there. But, yeah, so, I mean, kind of that, wrapping that conversation up, I mean, can't say it was unexpected, but I definitely think um, there's still more to come. There's more to come. And for Hemrick, you know, this is a second shot for him. And I think he's done a good job with the colleague team. Um, and, you know, he had one year and with uh, RCR. And so, you know, this is a second shot for him. Second shots don't come around too often. I'm actually pretty curious to see how, how he's going to do in that next year, in that 31. And, you know, he said – He's excited for it. He's dreamed of it. And um, he feels like he's twice the driver. So, um, yeah, pretty pretty expected announcement, I guess, from, from our standpoint. So, uh, I guess kind of getting into some of the other news, uh, driver news was Trackhouse. Not one, but two announcements last week. So, um, I don't know where you guys want to start with Trackhouse, but they're they're making moves. Well, I think from my standpoint, I think the big one is the charter. I mean, for 40 mil, we now know where a charter sits at as far as value goes. That's a pretty penny, but they that was one that they definitely kept quiet as far as something that they were trying to work out on. And I think they had their driver pretty much hand-selected earlier this year. They just had to figure out how to get that driver in the car. And with that charter that they're leasing out, that's I think that's – sealed what their future is going to be for several years to come. So is what you're saying is I can't quite get a charter with that 26% APR credit card. No, unfortunately not. You got to do a little more work than that. And you're going to have to request a, request a credit increase a couple thousand <laughs> That may be right. Boy, boys, I thought we had an in. <laughs> that, was, that was our opportunity, but <laughs> shit. 
<laughs> no dice. Yeah, and I to, to the to whole to the whole Zane Smith things. I got kind of got two points on on him. I guess I kind of been a Zane Smith fan from the truck series. Like I just have appreciated the way he goes about his business on and off the track. Just seems like a just a down to earth dude, and. I'm excited for him and to hear his interview, you know, when he's on the podium, when he's getting emotional, worked up on it is. I think just awesome to see. And it was kind of interesting when he said, uh, he's getting choked up. He was talking with somebody last year and one of his close buddies, there having a drink and his buddy asked him, he said, you know, where do you want to race someday? And he said, his buddy expected, you know, just want to make it in the cup series. He said, without hesitation, track house. So I'm happy for the kid. I think yeah. it's awesome. It, you know, he's obviously had his eye on them for a while. But off of that, you know, begs the question, you know, what is Ford doing? That was obviously he's a big and upcoming name. I think he's got Zane's got a ton of talent. And it, from what I read, he signed a multi-year deal, which will be good for him. That it's not a one one hit deal, but yeah. What is Ford doing? I mean, that's gotta be one that was Ford. Another, I mean, that was the next up and coming star in Ford. Another another ball dropped. I mean, yeah. I think their balls have been dropped the entire <laughs> the way they've the only been thing, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, and you talk about a development program. I mean, yeah, you can art. I would say, here's how I'm looking at this situation with Ford. I think losing Zane Smith was a bigger loss than gaining Josh Berry. Because Josh Berry is now going to SHR yep. in that four car for Tony Stewart. Uh, I just think losing Zane was a bigger loss than gaining Josh Berry. That's how I'm looking at the situation. So, driver transaction, it's a one-for-one, one, but I just – I think Zane has a bigger upside in terms of character and talent. And I think across he's, the board, he's and that's not I, a knock on Barry, but probably more set up for success. Absolutely. hundred percent. I think his, and I kind of think about it this way too, his, his, in my opinion, his tough days at the racetrack are going to be better than, uh, a decent Barry's days. Hey, we finished the race and ran the laps. Like that's what I think about with with that driver change. That's how I'm I'm kind of looking at it. But it, you can say they poached one from Chevy, but Chevy turned around. And I think Chevy got the bigger gem. Yep. With with Zano than they did Josh Berry. Yep. And when one move that I like to with that whole transaction is. Spire gets to reap the benefits of that driver release that Trackhouse is doing with him. I'm assuming it's probably going to be that 77 car over there at Spire. They're going to get Zane Smith. They're going to get Trackhouse's information because they're going to be feeding Zane Smith. They've got that charter handy. I mean, I think Spire's setting up to have a more of a breakout year than what they've ever had, too. So I think that'll be somebody that we got to keep an eye out on too. And this, I think would be a good measuring stick for the old Spire drivers. Yeah. When Zeno hops in there and in maybe it'll change with the input they're getting from track house. But I think if Zane 
gets in there and he runs better than the two Spire cars. Uh-oh. Corey LaJoy on that multi-year deal, his seat might be hotter than hot come about week number five when Zeno's running laps around him like 30 other cars do every week. So I guess kind of, you know, talking about Zane Smith, and obviously we all agree, huge move, a good move for Spire all around. Just, a, I think, a great move from Chevy's perspective, Spire all around. I guess kind of talking about Zane, I guess knowing what he's got set up for next year, what are realistic expectations for you guys? What do you think, I guess, what should be the bar for Zane? Are we expecting him, you know, to be on the fringe of the playoffs in this first year? Are we expecting, you know, top 15s here and there? I guess what are your guys' expectations? Where are you setting the bar for Zane in year one? I'm going top 15s. If I would see, I could see a couple of top 10 breakthroughs in, in a few races here and there. If he gets a top five or a win, I'd be really surprised. But I would say top 15s in the lower part of the discussion playoffs. So kind of like that 18, 19, 20 point standing range. Uh, you hit the nail on the head. I think. I think the expectation, especially with the data from Trackhouse, should be a 13-14 to a 19 or 20-place car every week. And I think when you, you just alluded to it, I think it's going to be he's going to miss the playoffs. He's going to run well late in the season. He's going to miss the playoffs by 10, 12, 15 points because he's just not going to have the stage points that Somebody Good. like a Gibbs or that's maybe not going to win a race, but they're going to be, they're going to squeak a seventh in here, a sixth in there, a fifth in there, a ninth in there. I think yeah, that's just where he's going to struggle a better portion of the season, figuring out the car and, and all that stuff that I think um, uh, I'm in the exact same boat. You are 13 to 20 probably. And he's going to, he's going to be the one of the first three or four out of the playoffs. And I think we're all in, I think my point of view is in alignment with you. I, you know, I, I could see somebody, you know, let's not forget, he's got a handful of starts in that next gen car already. Mm -hmm. So he's not stepping into a whole new world. And, you know, people maybe are questioning, you know, from a truck right to cup, you know, unproven this, that, or the other thing. I don't know. He's had a handful of starts in this, this next gen car. Hopefully he's got a baseline understanding if you know what he's looking for, how the car handles, the arrow, all that stuff. I think, honestly, I mean, honestly, I mean, I can see maybe I'm a little bit more optimistic, but I think that top 15 is realistic for him on a week in, week out basis. And I'm not saying he's going to be in the cup in the playoffs at the end of the year, but I think I can definitely see him in that. 16 17 18 range on the bubble and it is going to come down to that awesome night race at daytona and <laughs> i think another kind of i think another kind of more you know comparison type of thing and i mean you brought it up earlier josh barry that's okay right now it's it's between him and josh barry as far as all right who is going to do better this year as far as car Barry's, I think, has got a handful more start, more starts in the next-gen car than what Zane Smith does. 
and probably is coming from more information as far as Junior Motorsports was probably getting information from Hendricks or sorry, Hendrick. Um, yeah. Still some moves maybe to be made. Got to figure out what Colson, Carson Hosevar is doing yet next year. And if that gets brought in, I think it's all right. It's between those three drivers as far as that competition, who's going to have that good first year. Really the rookie of the year battle. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. Exciting move. And then I, we can keep going on track house. They, is it, what is it? SVG or SVG signs, signs a deal to run NASCAR, whatever, whatever, whatever the deal was to run NASCAR affiliated races and all series. Um, I am a fan, big fan. Well, that makes one of us. <laughs> I am on the SVG hype train. Um, I am on the SVG hype train. I definitely, I am going to be intrigued what he does. Obviously, you know, the bit, the elephant in the room, what's he going to do on ovals? And I, I'm just intrigued to see, especially on the late model sides of things, because he's doing some late model races as well. I'm going to assume it's probably going to be the cars tour. If he's going to run some of them races. I'm just, it's going to be a completely different beast as far as a type of car to drive. I'm intrigued to see what he's going to be able to do in that car. I, he, did he strike gold one time and now we don't hear from him again? Question mark. I don't know. I, I don't, I, honestly, I don't know what the expectation is. I think when you go to road courses, you're going to have to expect him to run well. Yep. I think the Indy Road Course was a conversation of its own after he obviously won the Chicago deal. Um, but with with the hearsay, we're going to take a road course out of the NASCAR schedule, which Bob Pockers keeps saying, if, if you don't hear by me at the end of the week, it'll be a couple weeks yet. Um, he goes, I keep saying that. So hold your thought on the schedule part. Um, but I think you go to a Sonoma, yep, he's going to be good there. You go to Watkins Glen, yep, you could probably expect him to run well there. Chicago, um, if that, I think that's heavily rumored to be back. You got to go back yeah. to defend. Well, I just don't know on the ovals if if he's going to have the stuff to do it. Now, the affiliate with Trackhouse is going to help him. He's going to be in good stuff yep. in whatever fashion that is. But can can he adapt and capitalize on that? That's going to be the debate. I'm making a shot. I'm I'm calling my shot right now. Okay. First oval race that F- SVG is going to run in the Cup Series, Daytona 500. Why not? Uh, Why not? He's got the license approval already. <laughs> Jeez, why, why not? Because Trackhouse wants to save a couple hundred thousand dollars. I'm calling my shot. <laughs> they don't want to watch him run two laps and have that thing fenced and watch a couple hundred thousand dollars go right out the window in two laps. And then take out half a dozen cars with them. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Joe Gibbs, Gibbs riding around in a race trim is going to go. Oh, we got that foreign guy taking all half a million dollars in race cars. 
You know, <laughs> I mean, drop I mean, to the back and the foreign guy takes takes you out anyways. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And I, I think I'm kind of in the same boat as Kellen. Uh, for me on the SVG, um, the train's still at the station for me, and I don't foresee it leaving anytime soon. <laughs> so it's going to um, get in it's, my it's, what two, two or three years. It'll be interesting, and maybe I'm totally underestimating how quickly he can adapt to an oval and knows what he wants um, in a car and the arrow and all that. You know, maybe maybe I'm way maybe I'm way off, and uh, this is what this podcast is for: some hot and cold takes. And this somebody's gonna have a crazy hot take, and somebody's gonna strike gold. Somebody, somebody's gonna show their true stones for brains, <laughs> <laughs> and that is to be determined. But um, yeah. yeah, I, I like, like you said, I, I don't know how quickly he's gonna be able to adapt and, and figure it out on an oval. Um, obviously, Trackhouse again, I, they're gonna, he's gonna be in good equipment. Yeah, and he will have the equipment to run top fifteen, top ten, but can he figure out? everything how quickly can he adapt to that car and, and the arrow is going to be yeah. interesting to see um road courses again that's like you said he'll he'll be he'll be a threat at every road course they go to but again that's what six or seven eight on the schedule to be determined really to, to be to be determined so be determined on a 36 week schedule i think and i've said this Anywhere I've said this when it comes to bandles at state parks, super lates at the Dells, trucks, cup, whatever the case may be, seat time is going to be crucial. He's got to be running a lot of races in order to learn. Whether it is in the in the cup, Xfinity trucks, cars, late miles, he's got to he damn near got to have a race every weekend in some way, shape, or form in order to learn. Just learn uh, the race. The racing side, especially on the oval, and and the intricate oh. and the, the setups that need to be done. Yeah, I'd agree. No, yeah, uh, absolutely. And that from the moment he steps off the airplane, he's got to have a ride ride uh, ride lined up. Yeah, yep. And I, that's where, and that's why I'm also I'm a fan of Justin Marks. One as as his business style, I think he's kind of made done. He's made himself his own as far as the ownership side things things go. I mean, I mean, this track house or the the charter deal is another good example. I mean, nobody I think really saw that that charter purchase coming out of left field a couple of years ago when he bought Chip Canassi, and nobody saw that coming. So he's a very smart man. He's gonna have a plan for SVG when he gets into America. Oh yeah, there's no doubt about it. It's just what is. Where does the bar sit? That's where I think. Yeah, that's my situation. Is he, there's going to be a game plan? How does how does he fit to that game plan to make it either thrive or crash and burn at yep. the end of the day? Yep. Um, I don't know. We'll be. It'll be interesting to see. So then, uh, one stone says, "Yep." Right now, two stones say, mm, "Pump the brakes." Hit the gas or pump the brakes. We got two brakes and one gasser. So we'll see what the situation is here. Let's see whose stones are rolling down the hill after that one. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> My God. Welcome to America, Cuzzy. Let's see <laughs> what you can do. Um, yeah, Cousy, so I, guess, <laughs> I guess so. Th- those were kind of the, the 
two two or three storylines I want to talk. Any other NASCAR news that you guys kind of had in the last week that you want to just kind of touch on briefly? If not, I think, if not, we're yeah. going we're going to that night race recap. Yep, just real again. just real quick here. I think this is breaking as of today, actually. Um on, on Tuesday the 19th. Um Matt De Benedetto out of the War Rackley truck or Rackley War, however you say it. He's out of that truck for the remainder of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh puts out a tweet and says, I'll keep you guys updated soon on the 2024 plans. Uh that's interesting. He's he announced he's not coming back, and then now he's out. Yep. Um again, a guy that's had a very up and down career fighting to have a ride. Um, I just think it's very sudden that all of a sudden he's out. Yeah. I um, agree. That almost makes me wonder if he's maybe switching manufacturers or switching to a team that he, that war Rackley does not have an affiliation or interest in, in dealing with because to be out like this um, is very, Sudden, I guess I would say. Um, so I'll be curious to see where, where he ends up. I, maybe he doesn't have a ride, and I don't know. But when he said, I'll keep you updated soon on 2024, that makes me think he's got something in the works. So, yeah, that's yeah, that was as of a couple hours, uh, three or four hours ago today. So hot off the press here on, on the old podcast, keeping you guys up to date. Yep. Yeah, and we'll see. Like you said, that's somebody who's had an up and a down, up and a down career, and somebody who he had the storyline ever since that night race at Bristol when he was in the '95 and he was leading that thing, and Denny ran him down, and yep. you know he gets choked up, and everybody's like, "Oh, we just want the little guy to win one," and got the fans behind him, and then he gets a little bit political, and then he loses some fans, and race for his life in the Wood Brothers car and loses it. It goes to the truck series. Does all right. Makes the playoffs. And was he there two years? Two years in a row, yeah. Yep. This so full season, yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, will definitely be interesting to see um, what he's got up his sleeve because sounds like he's up to something. Uh, we just don't know what yet. Yeah. So yeah, you hope at least you, <laughs> you hope if you, if you put something out that says, yeah, I'm not coming back. I would hope he would have something in the works before you put something out like that, because you do that and you don't have something lined up. And then we get this news. He might, I don't think you'd be jobless, but you know, yeah. you could be somebody that is, rotating in a colleague car in the Xfinity series, you know, that type of schedule uh, here and there, wherever he can find a ride. Yep. So, yep. Cool. Well, got some news covered. I think we're going to have some uh, rolling hot takes here on the uh, Bristol night race, the eliminator. We have officially eliminated Four cup drivers. So, um, Denny Hamlin gets the win. Unfortunately, Van Grohl picked that. Um, Would my pick? Harvick showed up, and they said, 
Yeah, we we don't want to participate in the playoffs anymore. We're not interested in a championship anymore. Just wants to ride off. At in one the point, the last I remember, he was he was five laps to the red. Not good. Oh man, and he was competitive in the last couple of years. That's why I picked them. Like he yeah. ran well. I figured well, I mean, his, spot, his final year, like that dude would show up. But... If there was a place for him to pull it off, that would have been it. Yep. That's and you know it. it Listening to their interviews afterwards, I mean, Harvick both, he's he had high expectations going in. Childers had really high expectations going in. They both said, it's like, we we just missed it, completely missed it. And they were both super frustrated leaving that race. Frustrated. I think even Childers said he was, he was so flustered. He's never run bad there in his career. Yep. Like, I think they maybe, I, did they, they maybe had that one in the, not locked up, but assumed they were going to run really good that they could try something a little bit. Yeah. Well, Chiller said, Chiller said in, yeah, I think in one of his tweets that he put out, he said that they ran well there last year and they brought the same exact setup that they had last year. So Jeez. I don't know what, if it's the same exact setup, I don't, it would be hard to think with the same exact setup that you miss it that bad. But shoulders, um, go ahead. No, just from Harvick's, you know, his interview, one of his interviews I saw it said, it's been such an up and down year. Like, this is what this is what it's been this year. Basically saying, you know, we haven't been great all year. And to say that we're eliminated and we ran like this tonight, like, obviously he's disappointed, but he's it didn't it's sound not a surprise. Too- not yeah, he's not wildly surprised. Obviously, yeah. he had high expectations, and his last year, you want to go out, you know, hopefully competing for it. But um, yeah, that was that was a big yeah. swing and a miss. I heard uh, there was a radio communication during the race. I'm assuming it was under caution between Childers and Harvick, and I think Childers said. I don't remember if it was the toll or the camber, but he said he tried something either in the front or the rear, and it just didn't work the way that they thought it was going to. And I think that was ultimately what what cost him that race. That and uh, I wonder spraying the PJ one before the race, but then the rain. Yeah, I think I think that those two things that that changed the track, washing the rubber off while they kind of while they were rolling around, but. I wonder if the sticky stuff and just the combination of those two major track variables just really just set that car off. I don't I don't know. Yeah, that's that's to be determined. But another big headliner here, defending champion, who stone number three put in his final four. I had a Pretty good weekend. Went three and zero in fantasy, but <laughs> my bracket's busted. Yep. That was that was it. To be honest, Logano, somebody who has got a pretty fiery attitude, yep. and you know, I don't know if you saw his post race. Of course, he gets caught up in Lejoy's shit, um, <laughs> but damn. What a, what a damn shame. He lost it by himself. Yeah, and 
totally sucks that he's, of course, that he came back up the track, like smashed the front end and stay down there. It's a a Bristol. It was a Bristol wreck. Don't don't come back up on the track. Just hit it hard enough that you smash the front end and you stay down there. Um, But he comes back up the track. Lagan gets Logano in the left rear, totally kills the car. You knew immediately, you knew immediately that, or at least I did, that I was like 98% certain. I'm like, yeah, he's done. He's done. Gone. Um, but to to Logano's point, someone who's got a pretty fiery attitude and he's not, he's willing to throw hands and you know, whatever. You know, and they interviewed him at the infield care center after he got released. He's like, It sucks, but that's on us. Yep. We shouldn't be running back there. We missed it on the setup. Another person that said he missed it on the setup. And he's like, he just straight up said, he's like, when you're running back there with those guys in the back of the pack, that's what you're going to get. And he basically said, it's on us. I'm going to sit here and hope, but it's our fault for having a car so shitty that we're running back there to get caught up in something like that. So I thought that was kind of a, Interesting perspective from him, somebody who I thought for sure when they when they threw the camera on Mike on him that he would have something something good to to retweet and spread around. But no, a pretty pretty modest and honest response from him. He gave himself a chance to get himself in the next round with the gutsy call that Paul Wolf made at Kansas, getting him up to the front. But yeah, it's between the between the regular season not being able to get a whole lot of wins and stage points to give him that point buffer I don't remember what he did at Darlington but I don't think it was great by any means yeah and then running in the back I mean it just set him up he was fighting he was fighting to stay above the cut line even before um that rat came up and that that yeah. pretty much is what helped propel Truex up into that next round kind of saved him yeah that's I don't know. So uh, again, I don't. I don't like slowly, but it. Uh, I. It makes the playoffs more interesting with him around. Yeah, that's, and that's why I thought he was going to be that guy that was going to surprise everybody this year and get himself in. And here I am, like stone running down the hill, <laughs> getting farther and farther away from me. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, not a huge Joey fan. I guess. I'm, I'm a fan of him just because he he makes the sport better. I think it's better when he's up there and competing and, you know, things like that. So it just sucks when you have somebody defending champ, who's always a threat to win to get taken out by, by somebody else's mess. So um, that sucked, but that is, I think we can all attest to why I love this playoff format. You got a defending champ who feels safe, just run the laps, and here you go. You show up into a cut race, and anything happens. You got the defending champ who's below the cut at the beginning of the race. You have him, and now it takes one person to get caught up in somebody else's shit, season's done. And then you got the regular season champ fighting for his playoff life throughout that race, too. And, you know, I got to give a little kudos to Mike McDowell. Ran in that top, you know, 
sixth, seventh spot. He was he he wasn't going to go down. You know, he was going to go down and fight. Hey, was he? Was he a was he a a star guest on our Fame and Shame or uh, Contender Pretender segment a little while back? The old Mc McWooden Dowell. Yeah, I think he was one. Yep. Yeah. I I smashed Pretender and I was a little bit nervous there for a little while. Oh boy, man, I rocked there. He ran in that third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh spot pretty much the whole damn night. Yep. It's just it yeah. took maybe one one pit stop cycle to get him up to the front and take this we could be having a completely different conversation right now. Hey, that's somebody that's somebody who who's been in the cup series and he's made the playoffs the last, I don't know, two years at least. Yeah, so as we get these stones rolling again, um, stone number two. Stone number two's got um, stones for internet. Apparently, (laughs) we just had the uh, internet connection unstable. Zap, and but we're back. Um, McDowell. um, I was saying on him. I don't know what what the pod caught before. this internet from 1879 got, but um, that's somebody who, if he turns some of these performances in that he's turned in as of late, that next year we're having a whole different conversation about, you know, towards the end of the year when he's had to turn it on and win a race to get into the playoffs. And then he's been fringe on that cut for a while. Yeah. He's, if he shows some of these performances earlier in the year and he maybe changes his strategy earlier in the year to, start running for stage points earlier or, you know, not racing to win every race, maybe, you know, a points race, you know, here and there, that's something that next year I think could be well into the playoffs. He said something on Denny Hamlin's podcast after he won that Indy road course race that really stuck out with me. And I think it stuck out with uh, Denny Hamlin too. I was going to look it up to see if I could find the, excuse me, the name of the machine, but it's it's whatever at the NASCAR track they go through and like all those lights flash to try and get like the measurements of the car and make sure there's no, you know, dents or they're pushing, you know, um, the car or fenders in or anything like that. Some teams have it, some teams don't. And he said, if I do my job right, we'll have that next year. And I'm wondering if he did his job right. And I think he still has a chance to do his job right this year being that you know now he's competing in that owner's championship again of maybe if they do get what they're looking for how much more competitive they possibly could be next year true and you got to remember going forward now that 38 cars locked up with gilland yep full-time next year so that shouldn't be a rotating seat anymore it should be those two guys running full-time in the cup series yeah, and he's going to have – they've got the communication now, and he's going to – both of them are going to have a reliable person to give feedback and get feedback from. Yep. Yep. So kind of get getting into who we have officially eliminated. Um, we've officially eliminated Kevin, the defending champ. 
We've eliminated another defending champ, Joey. And we have eliminated Stenhouse and McDowell. Am I correct? Yes. Yep. So um, I think two in my mind, two of those are pretty evident in round one. Uh Spin House, he wasn't going to get a, a restricted play race in round one. So Spinny's headed out in round one. And I, McDowell surprised us for one race, but he just couldn't get it done. He, he was going to have to win a race at the end of the day. Yeah, so I those were a given. I would say two given and two very big surprises. I I, I assume uh, Spin House or Sten House is going to be in the bottom. Um. But to, to think Joey Logano is going to go out in round one, I was going to argue against that pretty heavily. So, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I think that that was somebody nobody had first on exit on, but here we are. Hawkeye, that was the name of that machine, the Hawkeye machine. Got it. But, no, it's... And again, I think that adds to the thrill what these playoffs are. You got guys that you thought were going to be in that are out. Guys that you thought were going to be out that are going to be in. And it just it gets that much more difficult to advance as the rounds go on and as the races go on. For sure. So Overall, what do you guys think of the actual race in itself? I I think it was a good Bristol product. I think it, it lived up to the standard. Um, you don't want to wreck equipment, but I do think uh, a race like that, I would with about five to go, I'd like to see a, a green from from five or six or seven or ten laps in. Just uh, let's stack them up and let the boys duke it out a little bit. Um, yeah. But I I mean, you had a couple front runners at first. You look at Christopher Bell who led a lot of laps and Denny just slowly marched and you had a couple guys on a few different strategies with two tires and four tires. And um, I think the storylines as you went were, were good. I, I'll give that race uh, an 8.1 out of 10, I would say. Only, only reason I ask is because Jeff Glock, he puts out his weekly, was this a good race poll? And it got a 61%, which since the poll's been done, was 12th out of 14 races. And it's, I, you know, I, obviously I don't know when he started, so I don't know what those previous races were like, but I, I was entertained that entire race between, between the laps that were being run, the lines that were being run and trying to figure it out, the playoff implications that were in there, the strategy calls. Yeah, I, I, I thought overall, I was, you know, was it a barn burger by any means? No, but I was, I was entertained. Yep. So on a scale of one to ten, Kellen said eight point one. Where are you at, Stone number three? Seven eight. Yeah, right there. And I, I think to, to echo that, those points. Um, again, I don't think it was the best product we've seen, and did the rain play a fact in that? Messed the track a little bit. I don't know the PJ one. I don't know, but um, from a standpoint, I think the racing solid racing. Yeah. Um, again, you love a track where guys are running different lines. You got 
guys running the wall, you guys, guys trying to run the PJ one on the bottom, um, the different strategies. The thing that I just like, why I love this playoff setting and why I just love, and maybe it'll be like this for every elimination race, but I was just like glued because it's like, they got the bubble up there on the left, the whole race. Yep. Who's green and who's red. And I think that's just entertaining for me to watch the entire race. And the guys that are swinging, the guys that are just trying to complete laps, you got guys just all ends of the spectrum. Um, So overall, I think I'm a little bit, I was a little bit less from a racing standpoint. I guess I'd, I'd say probably in that seven range. You were kind of more storylines that were going on. Yeah. Um, I think it was just more entertaining, good racing by all means. Um, but again, I don't know that it's it was it kind of correct me if I'm wrong, but it kind of got one lane there towards the end. A lot of guys were just running the top. Um, a lot of lappers were running the top. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it was a solid race. I love the storylines at that track. I would keep that in an elimination race for the foreseeable future. Um, I agree. That's a, that's a that was a solid solid weekend, solid product by NASCAR. So, I think that that I one more point before we may possibly move on here. I think I mentioned earlier Daytona. You, you moved it off the of 4th of July that had that tradition. You moved it to the last regular season race of the playoff. It kept that special that special atmosphere with Daytona. I think the same thing as Bristol. You keep that night race on a playoff elimination on a Saturday night. You keep that specialness of that race. Absolutely. We would not change that at all. I did see on um, X, I forget who always puts out the ratings. It was down 12%, which... Oh, yep. Uh, Adam Stern. Which is, yes, sucks. But, um, yeah, I thought it was, uh, to your point, awesome race. Um, and I absolutely think that that should, for the foreseeable future, be an elimination race. Absolutely. And, and we're going to two concrete races next year. So, that maybe that's what Kevin needed. Maybe he should stick it out one more year so he can go there in the spring. <laughs> he can go there in the spring, get her dialed in, and then he can come to Bristol again at 16 and 16 on the bubble. But he's going to do an Almirola in, in Trictia. Yep. Any oh, other any, any other final thoughts on Bristol from the Stones? No, oh, that's good storylines. Racing was pretty simple. Pretty solid. Yeah. Not exceptional, but the storylines of Truex and, and Harvick run, struggling really bad and Logano getting wrecked. And you got your typical front runners at Bristol running up front. So I do got one more on Bristol, but we're going to go away from the cup race a little bit. Anybody, what's your thoughts on Junior running that race? Or anybody see anything from Junior on that race? Oh. Dude, I was so happy listening to him after that interview. He gets that car. Oh, I was on fire. <laughs> uh, the, dude, the dude was legit leading laps. I mean, he was having fun. Unfortunately, three of his team cars took each other out, but one of them uh, did win. 
Uh, he did win. Yep, the other one made it. Um, but to actually listen to his interview at the end, uh, I was like genuinely happy to hear him talk about how much fun he was having and, and actually leading laps and like not thinking he was going to be there and, and all that stuff. Um, uh, that was, I think that was absolutely awesome. Yeah. That's how I take on that, on the junior deal. Yeah. And right here you can see the old Budweiser eight. So <clears throat> that was, uh, yeah. Awesome. I think, I think, from, I think from a nostalgic fan's point of view, you just it's good to see a junior, uh, an Earnhardt back out front at Bristol. Ooh, dude, for real. You just scratch that itch just a little bit. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Sweet. So, um, last thing on Bristol, you got Denny, who's just eating the haters right now. Oh, <laughs> I am enjoying it so much right now. <laughs> It absolutely loves it. The post race. Hey, booing me. I beat your favorite driver. Which, Which one? one of them? All of them. <laughs> so I saw his podcast. He just said earlier this week a clip of him, and he just said, People hate him. He's so happy. He loves it. He's enjoying himself, and he's well, going to keep him. So even his driver introduction, he walks up, and all he says is, You already know. And he walks away. As the yep. whole stadium is just, ooh, they're giving them, they're giving the thumbs up and the birds, and he is just eating it up. And that's somebody I'm not a big Denny fan, but he's necessary for the sport. He does, he does an excellent job with that role. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So, um, yeah. It's funny, and that's somebody who we gave uh, the Schneid in our final four picks. So I'll put him in there, but. And he's and you know what? I think he's out. I know he hasn't seen this, but yeah, he might have. Who knows? But I'm sure he's he's heard it from everybody else. He wants to prove everybody wrong this year. And he called his shot a little bit too. He said, This is our year. I'm not holding my breath. It'll be it'll be fun to fun to see going forward because if he doesn't get it done. <laughs> Ooh, baby, we only, are gonna only, be hot. Only thing I gotta say is, damn, I'm excited for the rest of this playoffs. Yeah, this is gonna be good. This is gonna be good. Talking about good races, let's get um, a little sneak peek into Texas. Headed down to everything's bigger in Texas, baby. So, um. I guess thoughts going into Texas. We are officially starting the round of 12. Um, I guess any thoughts, headlines, what are you guys, what are you guys interested to watch this coming weekend? And then after we give some thoughts on uh, what we're going to be watching or some storylines, well, again, we're all throwing a pick in. So um, I guess kicked either one of you stones. Um, what are you guys, what are you guys looking to watch this weekend? Got your eyes on anybody or any storylines that you're intrigued uh, going into this weekend? Yeah, I'll yeah. let you go first this time. Yep. So I, uh, I dialed up the, the March race there down at the old Texas. Um, one that you guys uh, did not appreciate in my, 
my superior racing intelligence was taking Kyle Busch as a final four guy. Um, he finished P2 in the March race. So um, I, I feel good about keeping an eye on the eight car to be competitive there. Um, he finished second to Tyler Reddick. Um, obviously, the guy drove the eight car before him, but uh, uh, I think he's going to show up and he's going to have something to say about it uh, as much as you guys don't like that I picked him to get to the final four. Um, I, I think this could be his coming out to get himself in a comfortable position with these next two races in that round. Quick point for you, that Texas race was the Circuit of the Americas race. Oh. <laughs> this is the first trip to Texas this year for them boys. Whoa. That says Austin. That'd be right. Um, Going on my superior racing knowledge, I'm going to keep an eye <laughs> on the eight car. I picked the final four. Um, we're gonna rewind the tape and we're gonna we're gonna black screen this out. We're gonna <laughs> snap our fingers and do some CGI. Um but no, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my eye on the eight. He's struggling, but he's around. I think he can be competitive here. Uh, I'm I'm honestly gonna watch the eight and I, he's not my pick, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does win it. And girl, so, I'll kick it to you. What do you what do you what do you got your eyes on this weekend? What storyline you what storyline you following? So I'm looking right now at last year's race. And the little bit of information I'm looking here, I'm looking at the laps led chart here. And it's just it goes lap by lap, you know, X driver led from lap two to thirty to six, you know, sixty one to eighty six, you know, whatever that case may be. This is a long list. There are were a lot of lead changes. In this race, given some were probably, you know, pit cycles and guys cycling out to the lead and whatnot. Regardless of that, I think it's, it's, I'm interested to see how many lead changes there are. And it's just who's going to be there at the end. Last year, Tyler Raddick took the lead with 23 laps to go, or took the lead back, I should say, with 23 laps to go. Initially took the lead at 281 after it looks like some pit site, some pit stops went through. So I I think that's what I'm looking for is who's did he, did he not win that race? What's that? Did he win that race? Yeah, Raddick won that race. Who finished yep. second? Joey Lagano. Oh. Okay. Oh, maybe, winner. maybe I maybe I accidentally found that by mistake, but third place. Third place, Justin Haley, colleague racing, in the <laughs> colleague car. Uh, Blaney was fourth, and Chase Briscoe was fifth in that race last year. Holy uh, Christ, Chase Briscoe! Did Stuart Haas was that an accident? Jeez. So some notables here: Kyle Busch finished last. He blew an engine in that race. Christopher Bell did not finish that race. Chase Elliott did not finish that race. Truex did not finish that race. Busher did not finish that race. If I remember right, that was the race that Busher flipped. So some guys also had some some playoff drivers or some guys you typically would think be up in the front had some issues in that race too. So I'm lead laps who lead or lap chain leader changes. I mean, I think it's going to be the big one. Um, 
yeah, I just I think there's just a lot of questions going on. Who's who's gonna be hot? Who's gonna be not? All right, what do you got for us? Sorry, there? sorry. <clears throat> um, yeah. So I think going into this weekend, um, no specific storyline or driver, I guess that I'm really zoned in on. But uh, I alluded it to it before. Why I love this playoffs. My focus is on the four below the cut. You look at the four guys below the cut line right now, Ross Chastain, Brad Kay, Ryan Blaney, Bubba Wallace. Those three guys, um, or four guys, I'm going to be watching them all weekend. Um, RFK, we've talked about them before. They've showed speed. Brad Kay's been running well. Is this somebody that gets a win and locks himself into the next round? You're looking at Ross Chastain and Trackhouse. We talked about them earlier. If he doesn't Chastain somebody, that's somebody you can that could be there at the end. You're looking at Bubba Wallace, who's he's solid on mile and a half tracks as well. Um, if he doesn't make a mistake and Bubba himself, and then you're looking at Blaney. Um, so. I'm going to be watching those four guys. Um, Blaney won. Didn't he win Texas when it was the all-star race here? Correct. Yep. Yeah. It was a bunch of bullshit, too, when he – that was bullshit. Oh, See, you, don't, you don't have to tell me twice. You do not that, have to tell me twice. That was bullshit when he's, when he's driving at 200 miles an hour with one hand and he's holding his window net with the other. Come on. Let's just say the curse words were being flown around the household when – that discussion is up in the air. Let's leave it at that. That's where you know where my allegiances lie. So stone number three here, Cam, is a diehard Blaney fan. Menards for life. Um, <laughs> guy. So, so, so he's a big Blaney fan, so I had to bring that up. But, no, I mean, those are four guys, and we're getting down to it, obviously, as we cut four guys this week or four guys got eliminated. Um, the smaller this field gets, the more and more competitive it gets. And looking at those four guys below the cut, I I think those are four guys that could show up, hit it on the setup, run up front, and win this shit. So, um, yeah, no real storyline for me. No specific driver I'm honed in on, but um, that damn cut line I'm glued to. So it's um, going to be interesting to kind of watch that and see how that plays out. So. I think uh, probably the next step here is yeah we we zoned in on a few guys. Why don't we go ahead and go around and everybody pick their driver? We could follow up on this next week and see who struck gold and who didn't. Well, I will go last since I picked correctly last weekend. Oh my god! And for God's sakes, he won fantasy too. And, and god- fantasy football. And for God's sakes, we even know who he's gonna pick. It's no secret with this guy anymore. Nope. I'll I'll let you I'll let you guys fellas go yeah, first. Because I don't want that yellow car because he's gonna crash out anyways. Who's to say that's my pick? Come hey, on. you you felt hey, you All fellas right. go first and we'll figure it out from there. So <laughs> I I'll go first. Um uh-huh. <laughs> Stone Stone Two got 
Stone two got last in fantasy last week um, for NASCAR. So <clears throat> I am looking at this playoff cut line right now. Who's in, who's out. And it's a toss up. I want to lean somebody below the cut line because I think Ooh. <laughs> that was a big nod of the head there. Yikes. Um, I do think one of those four cars easily could get it done. Um, but then you think who's ran well as of late. Hold on. I'm going to do, I'm just going to do my due diligence here. Oh, God. Ryan Blaney, fourth here last year. Pain. That was an accident. All right. um, the way it broke the bridge. Um, I am going to go, and this is probably a big swing. A big swing. But I'm going to go Christopher Bell. That's somebody who that team is. He the first guy that uh, swept the qualifying of a playoff series. He qualified on the pole. All three races. Um, He's got speed. Joe Gibbs racing is. They got the engineers working 24-7 right now. Um, blew up here last year, but um, showed speed as of late. And um, Seabell's going to get it done and lock himself into the round eight. Yeah. Okay, I like right. it. That's, that's not where I thought you were headed, but that's an appropriate pick. Um, you went with one powerhouse camp. I'll go with the other. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn to the Chevrolets. And uh there's this young fella by the name of William Byron. Um uh, he's kind of thrived here on these mile and a half. That's where bulk of his points and season has come from. So um I'm gonna look to that exalt the Chevy. I don't even know what the paint scheme is, but that's what I know he runs. Um or the Raptor. Um I'm gonna expect him to be up there. So I'm gonna take the 24. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now, I am not going to the Ford camp. So I'm not picking Blaney. So you can, can go fuck yourself. Uh, I, I, I thought you'd pick Kevin Harvick. <laughs> <laughs> I am kind of thinking along those mile and a halves. And, you know, you can't throw Atlanta in that mix anymore because of it being at super speedway nature. So I've been kind of looking at. Michigan and Kansas is my two races or tracks that I've been kind of looking at as far as who's good and who's not. I got I'm I'm stuck between two drivers here. But as I look at this, I think I just made my decision. I'm gonna go on the Toyota camp. Might as well go with the guy that's he's got the the villain arc going for him. He's going two in a row. Denny Hamlin. Nah, not happening. Not all right. Who I'm going with, Denny Hamlin. I'm going two two weeks in and, a row. Uh, for all you viewers, uh, 
I think uh, we can uh, just throw this out here for Stone number three. He gets a lot of paralysis by analysis when it comes to fantasy <laughs> sports and picking. He does so much analyzing that he doesn't know what to do with the information he's got. So, so um, hey, just remember, yeah. just remember, I had the race pick. I wanted NASCAR fantasy, and I kicked your ass at fantasy football too. That is true, but um, just had to throw that out there. When that when he pulls out some stats, um, look those, out those. <laughs> those stones in his head are scorching hot because of the information it is trying to process. Um, so, so I think in review and in summation, Cam, you are taking Seabell, Christopher Bell. Cal, you are taking old Willie B, William Byron. You know, and I am taking two in a row, Denny Hamlin. Okay. All right. Check back in next week so we can tell you that Van Grohl had the worst pick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go. I can tell right now. I'm going to go from the highest to highest to just rock bottom with the rest of the stones. That's going to be perfect. (laughs) Anybody got any final thoughts? No, it's. I'm excited for this Texas race. Good, I love a good mile and a half. Got guys wrapping the bottom. You got guys running in the middle. You're gonna have a few guys like Reddick that are gonna want to hop up there and run the fence if they can get it cleaned off. But uh, no, I, I I think it's gonna put on a good show down there in the big state of Texas. I'll throw out uh, uh, maybe a little bit of a question here for you guys. You know, kind of sticking, getting away from the NASCAR scene a little bit. What's What's maybe a race you guys are keeping your eye on this weekend? I will be at the Alive for Five at Dell's Raceway Park on Sunday, um, but I will also be keeping my eye on Martinsville Speedway this week. This weekend, they've got the Valley Credit uh, 300 out there. That's a big uh, pro late model race that they got out there. Last year, I think you said they had 80 cars. Peyton Sellers won that race after many years of trying to win it. I, I've got my eyes on that one this weekend. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, for anybody that knows who I am and the passionate racing fan that I am, uh, one thing that I'm very passionate about is our dirt late model. So um, Lucas Oil's heading to Brownstown Speedway on Friday and Saturday. Um, just another weekend show. Um, we got Ricky Thornton Jr. leading the points. Um coming off a solid weekend at Knoxville and um, the sweep of Knoxville sweep. And we got Jonathan Davenport who I was just listening to him and his comments on Knoxville being a dump. Um, it's funny to listen to him. So Hot take. Um, Hot take. Yep. yeah, he just said it's a place he just doesn't enjoy coming to. So, and that's why his fans love him. Cause he says what's on his mind and whatever. So um, no, I am a avid uh, dirt late model fan. So um always tuned into them. And as we're winding down here, it doesn't look like there's any way that anybody can catch Ricky Thornton Jr. But um if somebody gets hot here, Huddy or JD uh down the stretch here and strings together some wins, um, it could close the gap here as we wind down. So 
Um, I'll be tuned into those two races on Friday and Saturday. And um, yeah, we'll go from there next week. Cal, Cal, what do you before, Cal, before you get your pick in, just want to bring up something I saw earlier today. Brandon Shepard will not be racing this weekend. He's going to spend some time with the daughter and watch her cheerlead. Yep. That's what he wanted to do with that family car. Um, so uh, good for him. He's running world outlaws for points. So I think that that fits his bill. If he got his fix here for a while. Um, but uh, good for him. I like that very much down to earth guy. So that's pretty cool. Um, one, uh, I guess kind of one or two races. I'll be kind of keeping my eye on this weekend is staying in the Midwest here with the, the ASA Midwest who are going back to Elko for the first time in a while here for the Thunderstruck 93. Um, kind of an interesting plot line to that one will be um, the Fredericksons going head to head. Um, they're going to unload two cars. Um, you got Dan, Dan Fredericksons, obviously uh, uh, been a powerhouse here in the Wisconsin, Minnesota, Northern Iowa realm. When you talk about big races. Um, so, He'll have two cars unloaded there, one for him and then one for his son, Ty, who coming off of a second-place finish in the Tundra Series at Marshfield, um, half-mile track. So that'll be a, that'll be a, a cool cool storyline to keep an eye on. Um, I'm going to have to think old man's going to come out on top, but uh, maybe <laughs> you never know. The young hot shoe might have something for him. Um, Do you imagine if he knocked Dad out of the way for a spot? Yikes. Oh, Lord, talk about fire immediately. <laughs> You're walking home. Yeah, no kidding. Um, And I think I'm going to even – I'm going to fast forward just a little bit um, to next Tuesday. Uh, be a week from today when we're recording. Um, You have the high-limit sprint car series back in action. Um, So Kyle Larson and, and Brad Sweet having a big hand in running that whole deal. Kyle Larson usually runs all those races. They're going to Lernerville. Um, for any of you World of Outlaws video game people, the newest addition to the game. Um, so hey, that'll be cool to see. Um, I'll be interested to see how those guys how how they run down there at Lernerville. Um, anytime Larson shows up in the Silver Fifty Seven, he's going to be a favorite. So, um, those are those are two that I'm keeping an eye on here. Yeah, two big ones in the in the coming stretch here. Something to add with Lernerville too. Uh, Fifty thousand to win that one. So a really nice payday for that. And Dale Jr. is going to be there. He's going to be on site for that race oh. and take in some sprint car action. Hell yeah. Dale's we- looking forward to Larson showing him what he's been missing all these years. So <laughs> perfect. Good show. We love that crossover between the dirt and the asphalt guys. So well, Larson Larson was a big factor in me starting to get to starting to get into dirt racing a little bit. So I mean it's working. Yep. For sure. Any other final thoughts from the Stones? No, man. We got we got an exciting weekend coming up here. A lot, of, a lot of good racing, especially even in here in the Midwest. So that'd be good. If you can get to a so, track, always always get to a track. Yeah. Get to your local short track, support your short track, bring the family out. If you can't make it out to any of them races, stream it. There's all kinds of streaming services out there that provide some really great coverage for, for all those races. Absolutely. We'll uh we'll link a few of those to the bio here in the video. Um we can get you a couple um for the the Midwest tour and even some of the bigger stuff with the, the Lucas Oil and then high limit on flow racing. Yeah. 
Yeah, boys, I think we just put together a hell of an episode. Um, covered everything. Uh, some of the news stories, um, Zeno, um, SVG. Um, a little bit of colleague. A little bit of colleague, Matt, Matty D. Um, Bristol recap, that was an awesome race again. And um, gave you guys a little Texas preview. And uh, as always, dropped our Texas picks in there. Everything's bigger in Texas. Um, so it'll be fun next week to come back and uh, see who's getting shamed for their picks. Um, yeah, but as always, these stones were hot. Um, the Crocs are still in four-wheel drive. Um, <laughs> what an episode. So, um, yeah, if you guys want to give us uh, some comments in the comment section below, let us know some of your thoughts the co- on the colleague, the Zane, SVG, um, Bristol thoughts, and uh, feel free to drop a winner in uh, who you think is going to win Texas. So, as always, don't forget, drop us a like, comment, throw in your hot takes. Um, tell us we got stones for brains, whatever you want, but drop a comment, hit that subscribe button. And um, as always, we're going to keep the stones hot and we're hitting the gas pedal out of here. Catch you next week.